for uh, my fellow entrepreneurs on the rise, uh, I have Josh Evans with me uh, today. I don't want to say his last name because I feel like I'll butcher it, uh, <laughs> but Josh <That's> Evans. <laughs> and um, he's uh, basically an entrepreneur, a solopreneur. He does a few variety of things. Um, so, you know, introduce yourself, Josh. So for everybody uh, who doesn't already know who I am, my name is Josh Buse. Uh, the name he, uh, Lorenzo here was talking about that's hard to pronounce is Yasischuk. It's uh, Russian, Ukrainian in origin, so really difficult to pronounce. Um, so basically, what I, I'm just, like he said, uh, an entrepreneur. I own a couple businesses, uh, just small ones for now, but hoping to scale up in the next year or so. Um, I'm also a public speaker and an investor. Um, the public speaking I do because I used to have issues with certain drugs, cocaine, um, MDMA and ecstasy, for example. And so I travel to uh, children's aid societies, schools, um, camps, get together, stuff like that. And I give about a one hour sermon or not sermon. Sorry, that's more for church, um, a seminar more like on addiction and getting clean and the routes you can take and stuff like that. Um, I'm also getting into app development. I own a couple already, but they're the ones that I have so far other than um, the Yasser Josh company app are just acquisitions. I didn't build them myself. Um, and that's pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So, all right. You, that was a lot. <laughs> so first, yeah. we'll, we'll get into uh, your business and then we'll get into like your background, which sounds like you had a, a past and I think a lot of people can actually... You know kind of relate to so mm -hmm. for your uh businesses uh well um i know you said you had an apparel and then also you have like graphic designs as well as apps uh you want to talk about which one of those first uh maybe uh your apparel company so all three of those services are actually all under one company so those mm -hmm. are all offered by the assets josh company which is my main company um so the apparel sales is just basically the main, you know, first thing that I kind of did with the company. And then in, you know, down the line, I added the graphic design once I got, you know, more comfortable um, providing those kind of services. Because before I did know graphic design and stuff like that. But once I finally was like, okay, I can start offering this to people, not just, you know, doing it for free for a friend or you know, offering this company a free logo or that, you know, social media person a free uh, banner or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So now I can actually uh, start to build some revenue through those services. And then um, the third service as well, the public speaking is also offered through that company okay. as like kind of like a personal branded thing. Okay, that's incredible. Um, How did you get started with, um, let's see, let's kind of dissect it. For your apparel company, how did you kind of get started? Um, did you have to find suppliers or um, like graphic design work? I was through drop shipping actually. So if you know what that is, where um, you know you'll see all these e-commerce uh, platforms online, Shopify, mm -hmm. um, Big Commerce, all those different types of ones, uh, okay. Wix, and all them that build your websites for you. Um, I had gotten into that after becoming interested in the business side of things which I've always kind of had like a real organic interest in um, as a young, young child, probably eight or nine or 10, 10-ish probably would be the right age. I was selling like Xbox Live accounts and RuneScape accounts and stuff like oh, that. Oh, wow. So I kind of had that merchant, you know, sales type thing mm -hmm. um, and drive with me. Um, and that kind of led to that. 
<laughs> dang and then uh graphic designs you kind of just picked up on the skills doing it for your friends and eventually you know like you said you decided you know you can make money on it you feel like you're good enough to that's exactly what it was it was you know i'd have uh it started as i'd hear you know a friend of mine on facebook or on twitter you know before i was really doing much mm-hmm. would like even before i started my business would be talking about oh i need a logo or I want someone to make this, or I want someone to make that, and then they'd go and they'd pay these people, you know, often through platforms, not so much back then, but you see it now more often, uh, Fiverr, or all these, like, kind of like TaskRabbit, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where you don't always get the high quality that you're looking for, or, you know, that you pay them, and they make you one thing, and it's terrible, and then they won't refund you, or, you know, whichever the case may be. Yeah, it's a hassle. It's always a hassle. So I started going, well, you know what? I won't charge you anything. I'm not that great at it yet, but, you know, I'll make you something for free. And then using that, I was able to get better and better at it. And, you know, seeing the feedback was really, really helpful. You know, going out, here's something I did for you for free. But then they turn around and go, oh, I like this, this and this, but this I don't like. And then, you know, okay, I got to try not to do that in the future. And then you learn. Yeah, I see. And the good thing about that is that I'm sure if, you know, your friends or like customers, if anything, if you did it for free once and then next thing you know, you're charging, I'm sure they're going to still come back to you because you Mm -hmm. have like that reputation. Well, yeah, customer retention is really important. Um, You know, making sure that a the experience, that's the most important thing. You can give them the greatest logo they've ever seen. But if you're cold or you're unfriendly or you're distant the whole time dealing with them, they're not going to want to go back to you because it's like, oh, I'm just sending this guy a message and then he's going to just go rifle it off and doesn't want to talk to me, doesn't want anything to do with me, just kind of wants my money. So customer retention is very important, making sure that they enjoyed the experience of dealing with you, got what they were looking for and didn't pay way too much for it. That's one thing I see all the time, especially even tying back to the apparel is you'll see people, they'll go, they'll stick their name on something, and next thing you know, that you know, $20 item with their name on it now is you know, four or $500. Mm, I agree. So I like to keep things a little cheaper for everyone while still giving them that high quality, you know, what they want, not, oh, here's what you're going to get because you know, I've got an ego and I'm good and blah, 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 because I've gotten that in the past before I was doing um, designing my own stuff. I would reach out to other designers and a lot of them are really, really cold. They'll go, you know, they'll give you something and then it's, oh, I'm not fixing it because I think it's great. When in reality, it's the client that should decide. Absolutely, man. Um, just having an ego like towards your work and like not taking constructive criticism really like shuts down many potential customers mm-hmm. and it doesn't help at all. No, so, it doesn't. So I, I, I've talked about dropshipping um before on the show and then i'm glad we dug a you know dug a little bit into graphic design work because i was like i have a i have a friend that does that as well so i'm glad we touched base on that um Mm -hmm. uh, what about your apps i'm interested in um like your app development i've never actually talked to anyone that you know kind of (laughs) like acquires apps and like monetizes them so when it comes to the app design development and uh, app listings on mobile Basically, what I do is I created a second company called Design by Asses Josh, mm-hmm. which will eventually become either a subsidiary or a division once I figure out all the legal stuff, because um, there's like a lot of hoops you have to jump through to have one company purchase another one 
and then have them operate kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I can get that rolling, uh, Designed by Yasis Josh will become a division of the Yasis Josh company. And then basically through that company, I'll go on, um, you know, Google Play and I'll look at certain apps, ones that look like, you know, they could use a little bit of work but have good potential, purchase them from the current developer or whoever uh, built them originally, and then um, upgrade them, update them, make them look better, play better, all of that stuff, optimize them, and then eventually either resell them or if they're projects that I'm passionate about, which uh, like one that will be coming hopefully in the next six months, I've hit kind of a bit of a wall with it just because I hit an area of coding and stuff that I previously haven't hit before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done any of the sprites in the game before, and now I've got to code those in, and i got to learn how to do it. So that kind of hit a, uh, hit a wall that way. But um, once they're purchased, then I go, like I said, update them, upgrade them, make them look better, and then eventually resell them. Um, and that'll help keep the company going, building revenue through that, reselling plus ad revenue. Um, I'm sure you know AdMob through Google. Uh, you can put ads on almost anything now. Yeah. It's just little... Little tiny banners that sit at the bottom of your screen. You don't have to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. You just play the game, and you know each time you see that little banner come up, it just builds a couple cents in revenue for the uh, for the developer. Okay, I see. So that's actually very interesting. So if anything, the goal is to kind of like make it go a little viral, so the more people are on it, the more AdSense mm-hmm. revenue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. That's interesting. I might have to look into that. So. Um, how did you? I know you mentioned before that you kind of sold RuneScape uh, accounts and um, through Xbox. How did you get mm-hmm. started in like the businesses? Like, what, like what inspired you to finally say, you know, I, I want to own my own business? Well, realistically, it uh, wasn't too long ago. I've only been a business owner for about a year now, and I've only been really trying to get into it for the past two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, Originally, what got me interested in it, funnily enough, was a Gary V video. I'm sure you know Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. I was, it was right after I had gotten clean. I had moved from a small town in, in Ontario here called Welland. I moved up to Niagara Falls. And I was really just kind of in a place, a weird place, where it was like I just left like my dark past behind, and I'm kind of trying to build a better future. So I just didn't know what to do. was scrolling through Facebook the one day. And I saw a bunch of Gary Vee content, started going through it, really kind of liked what I saw and liked how it made me feel to watch. So I kind of looked into it, you know, did did a little bit of research, kind of sat through a couple of those free webinars. Uh, you'll see all these gurus and, and consultants or whatever. Oh, if you give me, you know, an hour of your time, I'll teach you how to do this. And then at the end, they're like, oh, give Buy me a thousand dollars for the course. Yeah. So I would just go and I'd sit through, you know, I'd go to this guy's and I'd sit through his free one and then I'd go to the next guy and sit through his free one and within, you know, two, three months pretty much learned everything that they would have made me pay $1,000 for just by taking the time to sit through the free ones. That's funny because that's actually what... Though, I will say, mm-hmm. because every one you go to, they got, you, you know, you got their promotional emails and buy this course and then, you know, all their partners buy this course. That's, that's funny you mentioned that because I actually kind of did the same thing. Like I knew that webinar was just like a hook to get you to buy a course, but whatever they talked in their webinar 
was value packed because they want to oh, yeah. they want to basically lead you into buying the course which may be yep. a little bit of a downgrade to be honest so uh, that's kind of like what i did too i i sat in a few webinars and kind of l- listed out whatever they were talking about yeah a lot of the ones they'll uh throw like their best advice and some of their best training in the free uh one hour one mm-hmm. and then all the rest of it is simple stuff that you know experience will teach you you yes. know make a couple phone calls and that'll teach you what what you need to know exactly there are some like grant cardone for example i would say if you can afford it definitely a good idea to browse through some of his courses especially since some of the more expensive ones like there are some that are like ten thousand dollars and you can get free once in a while oh, wow. or like there are ones that are like five grand and you know, he'll e- send out those promotional emails like, oh, it's now 490 or whatever. Mm-hmm. His are really good because a lot of places um, that are like like sales firms and stuff like that will accept those as valid credentials um, just because he's like the number one sales guy in the world, right? So oh, those wow. are like ones that I would say like anybody, even yourself, if you're considering kind of doing something like that in the future, I would say... Uh, Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez. Um, oh, I can't forget. I can't remember the last guy's name. It's on the tip of my tongue. Is it Sam um, Owens? No, but I have heard of him before. Tony Robbins. That's the oh, one. okay, Tony okay. One as well. Those three, I would say, are your best bet for courses, uh, or as like Grant Cardone calls it, his Cardone University. Mm-hmm. Um, but any of the smaller ones, like. Ones that you just see in your Facebook feed and it's a sponsored post, I would just, you know, ignore it unless they offer you something for free. Never give somebody $1,000 of your money when you don't have $1,000 to just give somebody. Um, And that goes for even myself. I almost made that mistake. Um, And I did one where I did actually sign up for the course. It was $500 and I got nothing out of it. It was an absolute waste of time. I learned maybe one or two small little things that I didn't know before, but other than that, nothing really big. And that's, that's definitely something that happens. You just have to be like, for like the, the audience listening, you have to be very careful who you consume knowledge from. Cause a lot of people yeah. make their money off selling courses and not living the, and not living off the business that they say they built. Yeah. Biggest example, the uh, I see this ad frequently because I use Shopify to host my website. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest one that I'll see because it's the behavioral advertising, it'll come in and say, oh, not, we'll teach you how to create a, nine, a winning $99 uh, Shopify store. Where And again, that's the drop shipping part of it where it's not your product. You're just buying it from a guy in China, you know, selling it to your customer, and then the guy in China is shipping it right to them. And I didn't like that after a while, which is what led me into designing my own apparel. Uh, This is actually one of my pieces. Just kind of going to plug that in there if you don't mind. (laughs) Billionaire of the future. (laughs) Nice, nice. I like it. And uh, so it was like, oh, you know, $99, you get one product and you're going to make all this money. And then I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, it costs $99 for me to learn how to make $99 a sale. That seems a little fishy. And then they posted a screenshot trying to make it legit of their bank record where it was like 99 incoming, 99, 99, 99. But I'm sitting there going, you're charging $99 to teach these people and each one of your transactions is $99. You're literally not teaching anybody anything. You're just making money 
like not selling a product. You're just that's the ninety nine that they've been paying them, right? Yeah. So people go for that stuff. That's if it seems too good to be true, it or <laughs> if it's like a person doesn't know what they're doing, it's often that's often the way it is. I agree, and I know you uh, mentioned before, you know, that you went through some things in your past. Um, so what <laughs> what type of challenges did you have, like you know, before starting your business or like? Because I know you decided to pretty much go on about like the entrepreneurship route when you listened to Gary Vee. But I know that was after you kind of went through, you know, your own challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Well, realistically, it's a long story because uh, it actually starts when I was like five, six years old. Um, I was a foster kid. Um, so I was taken into foster care at like five, six years old. Um, where I've pretty much remained to this day, except once or twice where, you know, my mother um, convinced them she was ready when she at the time wasn't. So it would be a thing of like, we were in foster care for a bit, and then we'd go home for a month, and then we'd be back in foster care, and then it'd be home for a year, and then something would happen again. And eventually the the province uh, said, no, you've lost all your parental rights. Um, And they made me a crown ward, which is basically you're just a ward of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so the government makes all your health decisions, your, you know, all your schooling decisions, you get assigned a caseworker from the government and they come by every so often, you know, figure out where you're going to live, all the foster care crap that, you know, millions of kids have to deal with. Um, okay. and then, you know, it was, it was all right. Lived in the falls for a while here in the falls for a while. Um, then I was moved to Hamilton after a big issue that had happened out here. Um, where it was basically I had threatened a foster dad of mine and they told me jail or a group home in Hamilton, you pick. So I was like, oh, I'd rather not go to jail, thanks. So I ended up getting shipped out to Hamilton, um, spent a couple years there where I became not addicted, but uh, I started doing cocaine and uh, certain other drugs as well. And, you know, kind of got clean for a little while, a couple months, six months or so, and then uh, relapsed and then did you know, drugs for about a year, got clean again, moved away, um, and then relapsed when I moved down to Welland, Ontario, which is where I was right before moving here and starting my business. Um, and that's where I had become addicted to cocaine, Molly, uh, MDMA, or, well, MDMA, which is Molly, but street names to whatever, mm-hmm. and then ecstasy as well. Um, did those for two years straight, pretty much. Worked a cash at the end of the day job you know, 10 bucks an hour just so I could score at night, um, up all night, and then it'd be back to work the next day or back to school or whatever I was doing, right? And it mm-hmm. wasn't working. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I didn't feel proud of myself. Um, I became depressed, suicidal. Um, you know, it was it was tough. So I decided, you know what? I got to get the fuck out of the city. I got to get away from, you know, all this crap. I'll go find somewhere that I can just settle down and figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that led me to here, moving away and then just trying to figure out. I spent months trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Like I've done, I did gaming videos on YouTube for a little while. Um, Ended up not doing that anymore because uh, Universal Music Group, um, who everybody's been sued by at least once in their life, tried to sue me. I did a gameplay video of Life is Strange. I'm sure you've heard of that series. Mm-hmm. And for a two-hour video, there was one minute, 30 seconds of audio where the character sits down and plays a guitar. 
and they copy struck the video and tried to sue me over that. And the only reason why I didn't get sued is because I had literally nothing I could have offered them. Like, they couldn't have gotten anything out of it. They would have just ended up spending money. But at that point, I wasn't, like, I didn't have a lawyer. Um, I didn't know anybody that knew anything about the law. I didn't know the law myself. So I was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm just not going to do this just so I don't screw up and, you know, get put in jail or whatever crap I thought at the time. And then that, yeah, that indirectly led me right to where I am today. Whoa, that's that's incredible, man. Because I don't know, I feel like not many people realize that you can't you have time to like repair whatever damages you've you've kind mm-hmm. of done. Just because, like like you mentioned, you you have a like a long history of like first like you were like a warden, so you had like a child like a childhood um, past that wasn't so great compared to like others. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that kind of led to, like, other things, like uh, some drug usage and kind of just not being in the right spot that you want to be in. But at the end of the day, you you knew it yourself that it, this w- that wasn't the life you wanted to live. So mm-hmm. you kind of you switched your mentality and it's, it's never too late. I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there, like in their 45s or 50s that are too scared to, like, start a business, like, or just start new because they think their age is the problem but in reality it's the mentality like your mentality switched yep even in my personal life there are friends that i have that are you know 50 60 years old and i ask them you know you you say all this stuff about wanting to you know start this business or write that book or or you know make a movie or anything that they want to do get a new job you know maybe find love after a while something like that and then it's always I always hear the same the same old excuses. It's don't have oh you know time. I don't have time or I have you know too many bills to pay or I don't have enough money or I don't this or you know the the biggest issue that I hear especially with low income people and people who don't necessarily make a lot of money is oh the system's unfair life's unfair everything's unfair and I'm sitting there going no. It's literally not. You can do whatever you want with your life. You just have to put in the time. You just have to put in the work. And there's, you know, that old saying, uh, realizing you have an issue is half the battle, is literally true. Once you've realized that you want to do something better or what you're doing currently isn't working out for you, or hell, what you're doing currently isn't going to work out for you in 20 years. I always do that. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do today? Sure, is that good for today? Is that good for next week? Is that going to be good in 20 years? Stuff like that. Yes. And, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Like, if, if you don't have the time, I'm sure you can take out at least an hour of your day, every day, to focus on yep. one thing. And if you don't have money, develop a skill. It, it's free to develop a skill like copywriting, mm-hmm. like editing. Just find something because... I think at the end of the day, they're just excuses because you don't want to put in the work. That's exactly it. It's people want that free ride. They want that mansion, that bank account, that Lambo. They want that happiness, that freedom, but then they don't want to put in the work. They they don't want to sacrifice their weekends. They don't want to sacrifice going out and getting drunk. They don't want to sacrifice going to the movies or, you know, even in my life, date night with the wife. We often sacrifice date night because there's something we could invest in or another piece of equipment that I could get or another, you know, uh, software that we can get or this that we can get for the house. People really need to realize that 
you know, just because you're 20, 30 years old and now's the time that society's told you you got to go out and party and have a good time, you can still have that 10 years down the line and you can still have that now. Just set aside 60 minutes. It's literally nothing. You got 24 hours in a day, eight to sleep. So there's your, you know, 16 hours in your day, eight hours to work. You got eight hours at home. What are you doing with eight hours that you don't have enough time? You're, you know, we're even me. I do it a lot. Some days are better than others where I'll sit in front of Netflix for two hours. And before I realize it, another two hours has gone by and I've gotten nothing done. And then, you know, the end of the night's hit and I'm scrambling to get my stuff done that I've set my deadline for. That's one thing I love about being a business owner. I do have a nine to five for the mornings just to bring in extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I get home, the good thing about being a business owner is you set your own deadline. So, you know, I could say I want to get, you know, this um, update done today and, you know, make that new wallpaper for people to share or, you know, do five social media posts and send out some emails and answer some calls. If I don't get like if I only get the calls and the emails done and I don't get anything else done, that's fine because I'm able to go, okay, well, we'll do that tomorrow then and we'll Mm -hmm. deadline that for tomorrow. Whereas when you're, you know, in an office working for someone else, it's, you know, Jeff or Bob or whoever coming up and going, hey, I need these by Monday. And you're going, oh, shit, I only have till Monday. It's not, oh, I can just set this aside for now, come back at it later. And that's what people need to realize when, you know, guys like us and people like us are saying, you know, you have the time. Set aside that hour, even if it's half an hour a day, half an hour a day times five days a week, seven days a week. That's enough time per week to get your foot in the door. And then you get more comfortable with it. Like when I first started, it was like, what, 20 minutes a day? And then I'd be, you know, fidgeting and bored and, you know, running out of ideas, hard to focus. Now I can sit here for six hours and work continuously. Honestly, man, it really is all about like taking the time and setting it apart. Because at first it starts off with like 30 minutes, 60 minutes. But then the more you keep doing it, the more it becomes a habit and the more you find yourself realizing that, you you know, you kind of like it. So you spend yeah, and then it's one work. to two to three hours. Yeah, it's not work at that point. That's I definitely agree. Um, so what what challenges are you facing now um, compared to like the challenges you faced before? Because I know I'm sure it has to do something with time management, right? Because you have so many things going on. There's a, there's a lot of uh some type management, uh, time management stuff. Um, you know, for example, work, uh, having a nine to five and running a business is the biggest issue with time management because they can turn around at any day and go, Hey, we need you for an extra hour. Hey, we need you for an extra two hours, stuff like that. And then it's like, Oh, well I had this scheduled for 3 PM and this scheduled for 4 PM. Luckily where I work, they're really, really accommodating. They hired me because, um, I have stuff going on at home. Um, so they had, you know, were completely great with that going, okay, well, if you ever need to step out or if you have to go handle something, or if you can't stay, just let us know the day of, and we'll, we'll deal with it then. So that's been really good. But my biggest time management issue, and I'm going to guarantee almost that it's the biggest issue for all of our, uh, all the listeners, uh, on the podcast right now, mm-hmm. it's choosing the priority. It's getting home and not immediately parking in front of the TV for three hours or getting home and, you know, not just going to bed because you're tired. It's getting home and going, okay, going to sit my ass in front of the computer or, you know, if you're an artist, the canvas or whatever you're using, 
or if you know you're a sculptor, you got your clay station, your you know your pottery station, whichever. Just coming home and going right to what you need to be doing before what you want to be doing, and then eventually what you need to be doing will become what you want to be doing because you love it so much. And that's my thing. There's no greater happiness for me than seeing something that I've put together, designed, or built. That's honestly that that's that's nothing but facts. And it's a I. I think you hit the nail or that what is it, the nail on the head. Um, because I know that's my probably the biggest um obstacle that I face right now. I, I know it's kinda of like a bit of time management, but at the same time it's just prioritizing what you need to do. Because mm-hmm. like you said, there there's so many other things that you'd rather do than sit in like, you know, your office or a chair and work. A hundred percent. There's like fifty other things I could think of when I sit down and we just work on my computer to do like play video games, go out to the park, go out with friends, yep. you know, but it's just about taking the time to actually prioritizing the work. And eventually I'm sure you'll start to love it. I'm not at that point yet. I'm kind of like, well, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm at the point where it's like, it has to get done. So it's going to get done, but eventually yeah. it's going to be like, you know, it's going to get done, but I'm kind of, I'm going to enjoy it more than if it's just like work. Well, and that's that's the way it is with anything you start. Like even you look at the biggest companies in the world, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, originally they were the same way. They were, you know, however old they were when they started. Um, for example, Bill Gates was in Har- uh, going to Harvard when he started, uh, you know, starting to uh, build Microsoft and everything like that. It's all about, you know, what needs to get done. First and foremost is what do I need to do to get that first block built. You know, it's like uh, how they say Rome wasn't built in a day. Eventually, like somewhere down the line, they had to put that first block. Yes, it was, 100%. you know, step one, do do the stuff that you need to do. And a lot of it, I, I know a lot of the, the big entrepreneurs and a lot of the big business uh, people will tell you, oh, you know, if it's, you're gonna love what you do and all the time and this and that, no. Nobody loves sitting there writing 10,000 emails. Nobody likes sitting there signing 50 different documents per day. Nobody likes doing that kind of stuff. I don't even like answering the phone. I really hate phone calls, but I do them because they're necessary. I would never get anything done if I, you know, couldn't call, if I didn't call people. You know, as much as I'd love to just DM everybody about everything, you know, go on Twitter and, you know, DM the government when I need them and DM my bank when I need them and, you know, if I need a hotel, book it through Twitter. Like, I've done that kind of stuff before. But when it comes to the people that don't do that or aren't cool with that, for example, um, you know, education uh, centers, for, you know, the most part, won't interact through DMs. They won't, mm-hmm. they can't give out information. They can't do stuff like that. Health as well. Any, any type of health care, especially in Canada, is usually done on the phone, in person, or you know, once in a while by mail, it's always, um, it's always like a kind of like one of those necessities. That's like, you don't like doing it. You have to, for me, that's answering the phone for some people that's, you know, going to work because they got bills to pay. And for some people, you know, that's getting on a jet and going to Hawaii because you've got a business meeting there. And then, you know, you're on a jet to China the next day. Yeah. You're, I mean, like you said, it has to get done. So at the end of the day, just try to uh, try to make the best out of it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even to give like a, 
a regular example, like for just average people going about their everyday lives. Nobody likes wiping their butt after they use the washroom, but if you don't, it's worse than if you do. Mm. You know, like no one's gonna it. It ties into the business with the with the going to the bathroom. If you don't wipe after you flush, no one's gonna want to interact with you. If you don't do the necessary things with your business that you have to, customers and clients aren't gonna want to interact with you, and neither are other business people. Mm-hmm. That is right. And I always like asking this question. Uh, what's your angle with all this? Like, where do you see yourself in the next five plus years? I personally, every time I ask this question, I lead with myself, you know, in the next five to 10 years, I want to get the podcast going up and running, have it like, like strongly monetized with a strong audience and hopefully have like a a e-commerce set up as well. But overall, all that's just like revenue to pretty much purchase real estate. So that's my angle with everything. Purchase real estate to have recurring income. Well, on on my end, it's a bit of a tricky question um, because the end goal uh, is kind of a crazy one. I would one day like to buy the city of Florence, Italy. I really love Florence. So that's like the crazy, you know, dream goal that probably won't ever happen, but that's like, the end like that's the end of the road once i've done that there's nothing else in the whole world that i'd even want but in the next five years to be more specific well i want to switch like not switch but i want to um expand from strictly online into having a couple retail locations as well um and i have a bit of an idea for like a retail setting i can't go into it too much because it's really like technical and whatever um and not really ready to be kind of dissected in public just yet. Yeah, no worries. But it's kind of futuristic, like, you go in, it's a physical store, but there's nothing there. You you go in and there's one item per, like, there's one variant per item, right? So you say, let's say you've got, you know, if it's a Walmart, you've got, you know, your drone, this model of drone, and then you've got a piano and one this and one that, and then your customers come in, or well, would rather in the future if I am able to do this, mm-hmm. they'd come in, play with or interact with whatever item it is, the dummy item as I would call it. Like, you know how when you go to phone stores, they have those dummy phones out there. Yeah. It would be like that. And then just at the end of each row would be a kiosk and you just go order your item in and it would be shipped to your house. Oh, wow. So it would be like, like ordering online, but you still get to go in in person and see the item. So you're not buying something that you hate. You know, you, you spend $400 on something, you get it shipped in, and it, it sucks. And mm. then you go, oh, shit, $400. So, like, bra- way, browsing before. Be, yeah, you'd be able to go in, see the item, and then order it to your house. Okay, okay, not bad. It's actually very interesting. I'm, mm-hmm. In a few years, I mean, I'll come back to it. I'll be like, hey, man, oh, yeah. how's that going? <laughs> right? Hopefully... Uh, I'll have something for you in the next couple of years. Like, oh, well, you know, not there yet, but we got mm. that, you know. Yeah. Some, I honestly, as long and I was talking about it with another um, person I interviewed, it's just, it, it doesn't matter how successful you become in the, in the upcoming years. It's as, as long as you know that you progressed. As long as you yes. keep progressing, that's successful mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. And that's what it is for me, right? Like, I get really proud over stuff that, you know, in the future, if I do ever become, you know, the level of entrepreneur that I want to be where, 
you know, I've made a lot of money and I'm doing really well and helping out a lot of people, um, I probably won't be as proud of the smaller accomplishments, you know, designing a shirt or this or that. Mm -hmm. Any new thing that I do now fills me with the biggest sense of pride that I've ever had. Nothing's made me prouder or happier, but I know that that's just because it's small right now, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, I design a new shirt. I look at it and I go, oh, wow, that's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to go, I can't believe I got that excited over one thing. Yeah, you're right. It's just... It's just that probably because at the moment, you know, it's you're enjoying the process. And later on on the road, if you're so successful, it's kind of like your expectations kind of keep growing to points where it's like you have to have such a big accomplishment that you feel the way you feel like back when you first started. Yeah. And I think it's kind of this will be a weird thing for me to say being a recovering addict, but it's kind of like the same thing as you know, people who are addicted to drugs, it's you're technically chasing that dragon, you know, the first time you ever accomplish something, you're going to be the proudest you've ever been. Mm -hmm. So your whole life, be it, you know, through schooling, or, you know, your business, or even just the nine to five job that someone has, they're always going to be chasing that pride, same way as someone who does drugs is always chasing that first high. It's, I felt super proud, I always want that. And then, you know, their accomplishments get bigger and bigger, but their sense of pride each time gets smaller and smaller. And eventually, if they don't find a way to offset that, they're just not going to be happy no matter what they do. They'll yeah. just, you know, they could, you know, save the entire planet, cure cure cancer, and they wouldn't be happy because they've already, you know, kind of burned themselves out pride-wise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, it, it's a true statement because... I mean, guys, there there are unhappy millionaires out there, and it's not because they're lacking any, you know, wealthy possessions or materialistic things. It's just because they're not happy with themselves. So it's something. Some to of keep the in richest mind. people that I know are really unhappy. Yeah, and do you... and then some of the poorest people that I know are the happiest, kindest people you could meet. Yeah, it's some... all in the mindset. Yeah, sometimes it can be like that. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, do you have any like words of encouragement to people that? You know, some people might have gone through similar situation with you that didn't have like a, you know, like the best childhood and kind of along the way, you know, had things happen. Do you have like any words of encouragement or if they just want to start like their own business, you know, any words of encouragement there? Start. Well, when it comes for anyone listening that wants to start a business, start it today. Mm. Write it down on a piece of paper. Take action. And then write up. You know, research it, figure out what do I need to make this happen, and then knock that shit off the list. And then anyone that, that's going through stuff and, you know, is looking for a positive change in their life or is, is stuck or just kind of needs that extra push, I would just say do something today to better yourself that you didn't think was possible yesterday. You know, be it going to rehab if you're addicted or... Just something as simple as, again, to the addiction, telling a friend that you have a problem, admitting to yourself that you have a problem um, for people who are just trying to do better with their education or their job. You know, do something today for yourself that yesterday you wouldn't even wouldn't even have thought of. You would have gone, ah, you know, that won't work for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not skilled enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever you're not enough of screw it doesn't matter 
doesn't matter what you're not enough of. What matters is what you are enough of. So if you've got the drive and the motivation to change yourself and your life and do something better to build your future and, you know, the future for your children and everyone else's children for when we're all gone, that's what you do. You just do something today that yesterday you didn't think was possible. Exactly. Well spoken, man. Uh, like, like you said, just take action now. There's no, there's never yeah. a right time. Take the action now. Learn from it. If you fell, well, you fell, but get back up and learn where you failed and then improve exactly. it. Exactly. And, and that's one of the biggest things is people are afraid of failure. With the, mm. But that's because, you know, we're not friends with every billionaire, right? We don't speak to Bill Gates and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and, and all these billionaires every single second of their lives, right? So we haven't seen every single failure that they've ever gone through. And believe me, there are hundreds of thousands. There are so many failures before uh, success. Look at Robert Downey Jr. He's the same sort of situation that I am. His is, I would say, admittedly worse, um, mm -hmm. where he was a drug addict and was a criminal and then became one of the highest paid actors of all time. So they we... People hear it all the time and they assume it's just one of those, you know, useless cliches that everybody likes to just, you know, here's a quote, you know, you, you need advice. Oh, here's just this random quote. But it's true. You know, anybody can do it. Anyone can go and become anything they want, do anything they want, live wherever they want, however they want. They just have to try. Exactly. And honestly, uh, whatever Josh mentioned, it's, it's facts like. You just have to switch your mentality and try. Just just do something. Yep. If you're unsatisfied with your life at the moment and you complain about it all the time, but don't do anything about it, then who who's to blame, to be honest? It's definitely exactly. not the system. It's it's yourself. Well, and I used to be that guy being a foster kid. I'd always blame the government. Oh, you know, the, this Children's Aid Society is doing this and it's screwing with me. And the school is doing this and it's screwing with me. Meanwhile, I was screwing myself up by complaining all the time, not doing the things that I needed to be doing, not doing the things that I was expected to do, you know, stuff like that. It's all in how you perceive yourself in the world, and it's all in how you execute on your perceptions. Like if you go and you, you think the world's a crappy place, your mentality is going to reflect that. Your actions are also going to reflect that. You know, you go, oh, the government's crappy. You're going to be less likely to vote, less likely to get involved. And this, that crappy cycle will continue. Same thing with working. If you're stuck at a crappy job, but all you do is go, oh, I hate my job, I hate my job, I hate my job, but then you don't look for another one, that cycle will just continue. Exactly. When it comes to friends, you've got, you know, your friend John is going, oh, you know, my life sucks and this and that, and he's complaining all the time. You know, that's not going to change. And then eventually John's going to, you know, Sarah's going to hang around John too long, and then Sarah's going to start complaining. And then Sarah's going to start hanging around you too long. And then, you know, before long, you're starting to think negative. Exactly. So it's all in mind. Everything is in the mindset. Just like you said, man, every cycle that you're in, is gonna, gonna, it's going to continue to happen, whether it's good or bad, unless you do something about it. It's just how it exactly. is. Exactly. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap this up, man? Um, not particularly, no. Other than uh, I've had an amazing time. I know. Same, same. Time flew by. All right, well, it did. It really did. If anything, though, um, check out Josh's um, website. He has tons of services there. I'll link down in the description. Um, I'll also link down his socials. I mean, 
You guys heard him. He's a great guy. He has tons of stories for you guys. <laughs> connect with him. Hell yeah. Awesome, man. All right. Well, I hope to have you again, man. We'll connect with each other and see when else we can get another call. Oh, yeah. I would be super, super down for that. This has been really, really fun, and it's been a pleasure to meet you. Same, man. All right. Well, you have a good one. You as well.